Hello. Greetings again. Dear I... listeners. What what welcome to another episode. Oh, Matt just said hi. Uh, this is the Spycrackers Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Gabe. I'm here, one of the hosts. I'm Matt. I'm one of the hosts. I'm also here. I'm Paul. I'm one of the hosts, and I'm also here. And today, folks, we're, we're it's a very special episode. We are joined by media analyst, filmmaker, content creator, and all-around renaissance man, but more importantly, friend, not just of the show, but in real life, Patrick Willems. How are you, Pat? I'm terrific. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to crack a spine. I'm, I'm also <laughs> just happy to uh, see you all. Yeah, we were just talking about how long it's been since I've seen you in real life. Yeah, we were also talking about how I have known Paul since second grade, which yeah. is nuts yeah. to me. Yeah, I totally and I forgot feel, that. Gabe, did I meet you in like I feel like Gabe, Matt, and I like I became like friend friends with you guys in like tenth grade. But I, feel I think like, that sounds about right. Yeah, but I feel like maybe we met in like eighth or something like that. It's possible. That's yeah. When I got- I met Gabe in eighth. We were all in the same building. Yeah, that is that is true. Was that back when? Was that back when eighth grade was in the high school? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. 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 Basically, uh, you know, younger Saratoga kids have no idea that there was once a (laughs) junior high. Yeah, we went went to junior high. Yeah, we went to junior high. um, And what are they doing? TikToking. uh, that's right. And they're on their phone. <laughs> they're doing coordinated dances and stitching or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Probably making a lot of money on it too. I bet they yeah. are. Monetizing yeah. all their shit. Yeah. Not like we could do back in the day. No, we monetize, monetize anything. We are back then. All we all we did all we could do was fucking skate or die, dude. We skated <laughs> or died. I, I I mean occasionally we'd soap back in the day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I was so jealous of kids with Heelys and soaps. Yeah, that to was be clear, it. I never soaped. I just uh, looked at kids who had them and was like, oh, they must be so cool. You can grind Grinding anything. on their way to class. <laughs> <laughs> grind the world, baby. Grind the world. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, uh, Pat, so, so you, uh, for the people who don't know you, what's your deal? What do you do? And uh, most, I'm surely most people know you already. Uh, we're about the same level of fa- famous online, I would say. This podcast and, and your channel. <laughs> yeah, we're co-equals. That that checks yeah. out. Yeah, I, I mean, Gabe, you the question you just asked me, I I feel like maybe by the time I'm like 50, I'll be able to answer this well. You'll have it's a one deal. of those things. Like you know, anytime I'm at like a like a party or something, and I meet a person, and they're like, "Yeah, so what do you do?" I'm like, I, I like. I, I pause for a long time and I sigh and I'm like, uh, how to how to make this not sound terrible? Uh, you usually we didn't do it this time, but if I like have to give if people are like okay, okay, like give us an official like description of what you do. I usually just say just say like filmmaker and video essayist. Yes, it sounds uh, it sounds classy. Yeah, it is classy. it's like you know I uh, I make I make in, in increasingly unwieldy like video essay things on the internet. I just talk about movies a lot, but then I also forced Matt to star in a feature length film. And yeah, so when's your just like Synecdoche, New York 
<laughs> moment happening where you just collapse under the your own weight of like I know. your ambition. That, that that I mean, especially making a thing about my life. To be clear, I did force Matt to play Matt Torpy in a feature length film. <laughs> Typecast. Yeah. Typecast. Uh, <laughs> and docs. And and docs also. It's true. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh wait, has Matt's in the last name not come up on the show? No, no, no. They it's we no, it's no. kind of like a running joke. Oh, okay. I I was gonna say, like, because I I have been saying Matt's full name publicly <laughs> yeah. media for or like, like, like many people are aware of that, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. basically what I do. I mean, I also, part of why I'm excited to be here is that, uh, I podcasted with Matt for many a year. That's right. And yeah. as I was, I wanted to ask you guys, if you're going to do another episode because the new Josh Hartnett starring or not starring role, but the new movies. in. I mean, I mean, he's Josh has a pretty big role in Oppenheimer. Does he? Yeah, you guys yeah. have to do it, right? I mean, well, it's it's the thing. People bring this up every time Josh Hartnett has a new movie. I mean, not to make this like a a secret episode of We Heart Hartnett, but um, <laughs> we spent years predicting what we called the heartening, which was like the Josh yeah. Hartnett Renaissance and comeback, and mm. uh, it's here. Is this beginning? This is the beginning here. of it. It's it's been slowly developing for two years now, and this is the summer. It's like. It's you know it's 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 fully like taking off and uh, mm -hmm. man I I mean I I genuinely sitting there like in the IMAX theater watching Oppenheimer just I felt such pride watching hit my boy come on screen I <laughs> uh, just like I just walk out there looking so dashing being yeah. in the movie so much more than I expected uh so uh but but anyway to answer your question um we have no current plans uh for, <laughs> actually uh Matt doesn't reply to my texts. Ooh, um, you know oh, what, Pat? Come oh, on. Pat, I'll say this, Pat. I'll say this. <laughs> Matt doesn't reply to fucking anybody's texts, as far I as I know. Okay, Matt I is notoriously it's not one of it's, the worst I texters. I know it's not just Matt. Matt has gotten way better. He has gotten way better. He has gotten way better in the last couple years. I will give him I'm that. I'm defending Matt. He's gotten okay. Way well, Thank well, you guys. What I did want to say, and this is this is kind of um, this this is a uh, partly pro Matt. Uh, partly, uh, you know, ribbing Matt. Um, as so earlier today, like Matt called me about like scheduling stuff with this episode and all yeah. that. As someone who has been wrangling Matt Torpy for almost twenty years, <laughs> uh, and trying to get in touch with him to schedule him for things, whether it be like filmmaking or podcast recording. Mm -hmm. I love that now Matt had he was wrangling the, the, the tables have turned, and yeah. uh, I, I I will say I will say when Matt first like reached out to me about this, I did have briefly have the thought I was like, do I just like wait a day to reply? Yeah, <laughs> to just just to annoy him, and I didn't. I did well, I did not you, do that. But, you're a bet, you're but a I just I like that 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 you know that Matt has now taken this upon himself and is like, uh, now I know how it feels. Yep. And Matt, uh, is, Matt is now the Wrangler. And respect the thing, Matt. Look, look, to to you know, to praise Matt. We are here recording this episode. So Matt successfully wrangled everybody and that's right. Yep. It off. I got four people to do something at an appointed time. And yeah. That is difficult, Pat. Put it on so. his tombstone. Put it on his tombstone, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a facilitator. I hate logistics. So yeah, I was gonna say you brought up the and and I was gonna say, Pat, this is 
an auspicious weekend in your world, of course, right? Uh, it's it's Barbenheimer weekend. And it, uh, it is for people who care too much about movies. It's a big weekend. Yeah. So have you seen you obviously you've seen Oppenheimer. Did you see Barbie yet? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't do I didn't do them in one back day. To back, sure. I I went to last Tuesday. I went to to be clear, I was not invited. I was a plus one of someone who was invited. I went to the Oppenheimer press screening, Ooh. then saw Barbie the next day, then saw Oppenheimer again on Thursday. So what's the verdict? Which one's um, better? I, uh, I think Oppenheimer yeah. is better. Same uh, type well, of movie. Uh, very like obviously an apples to apples comparison. Yeah, I, I mean yeah. There, are, <laughs> there, there are interesting overlaps, uh, yeah. like thematically, I, uh, I, as in like you like I think especially if you did them as a double feature, I think there's a lot you could get out of it. Uh, I, I like. I feel like I'm on the lower end of 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 Barbie talk. Uh, I don't know. So many people love it, and I was like, I wanted to love it. I, th I think it's it's okay. Uh, mm. There's, there, I think there's great stuff in it, and I like, I, I, I went in. I, I'm a, I'm, I, I do love Greta Gerwig, um, but I did. I thought you were gonna it, say I do. You know, I do. I really do love Barbie. I love I, the IP. <laughs> I, I love the Barbie's one of my Barbie. favorite IPs. Uh, I think <laughs> I just thought it had so much potential. Um, yeah. But yeah, but and and I think like. Two viewings in, like Oppenheimer might be my favorite movie of the year so far. Wow. Uh, hey. Yeah. And I'll see I don't, it next I week. don't just say it because of Josh, but I was so happy that he it was. Can't hurt, right? It, can, I, it I mean, can't look, hurt, right? It can't hurt that he's there. He, all I'll say is uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer's nickname that he's called throughout the movie is Oppie. There uh. is literally a big scene of people chanting Oppie, Oppie. Uh, mm. Josh is the first one to call him Oppie. It would be really funny, just given the like viral marketing and all of the discourse around the movies. It'd be really funny if his nickname was Psyop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a huge miss opportunity now that you've yeah, mentioned. Seriously, opportunity. There it yeah, is. Okay. There it is again. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Hollywood Lotharios and Josh. Hart <laughs> <laughs> we're we're amazing. We're, we're we're talking about uh, a book today uh, by another one, the uh, the lovely and multi talented David Duchovny of uh, yes. X Files fame and uh, I thought other it was shit, and other I shit that was, I haven't seen. Frankly. The Red Shoe so. Diaries. Yeah, sure. yeah, come on, dude. You That's didn't why you're here. That? That's why Pat's here for Duchovny facts. I mean, I've I uh, it was David Duchovny. <laughs> Paul's also just recording this episode, just walking around. In the house. <laughs> right. It's like the lowest possible quality. Yeah, I know. Wait, I'm terrible. Wait, I, I, I've been in the process of moving, and I I don't have my computer set up. And I'm Paul, do you computer. even have headphones in? No, this is the first podcast I've recorded not with my mic in so long. It's very. I, I feel so embarrassed with this giant guest on, and I'm just walking around. <laughs> Getting a, a Coca Cola from my. I, 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 I so mean, close to you. It's okay. I'm. Uh, look, Paul. I've known you since we were. I don't know, seven or eight years old. I'm not. I'm not going to judge you. Yeah, I, I'm this not is a safe space, Paul. We know. You know that. Yeah. So the uh, the text on the table this evening is uh, Duchovny's third novel, uh, fourth actually. I'm sorry, fourth, fourth, yeah. fourth yeah, novel. Fourth. Um, 2021's Truly Like Lightning. Now, 
where do we want to start? Because I think there's is there's some interesting. Maybe we save this for the Patreon segment or or later. But I think there's Duchovny's background is interesting. Uh, it's in terms of setting the table for his his literary career. Um, yeah. You know, uh, studied literature at Harvard with uh, Alan or Harold Bloom at Yale, I think. But he Yale, also went sorry, to Harvard. Right. Yeah, Harvard. that's right, Yale. Um, and I believe he got a master's degree, and he has he is still ABD. Uh, he started a dissertation and and has never finished it, uh, ah. if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, he's got the chops. Like that's the thing is like his background. He studied under one of, you know, probably the last considered great, right, like literary critics in America. And mm. uh, and Gabe, that, universally hate Bloom, right? I am not a Bloom enjoyer. That's it's yeah. true. It's true. Yeah, uh, I have I have some objections to Bloom's uh, uh, sort of project, I suppose, overall. But that's for another time, uh, perhaps. But I think, yeah, the, the, the point is, you know, I think when you, whenever you see a celebrity uh dabbling in other art forms actor you know whoever i think it's there's a there's a the instinct is to kind of give it a side eye i think to put it nicely right you have, yeah you yeah. have uh, how many actors and celebrities are like artists now you know johnny depp i just saw an article about johnny depp's uh painting and artwork and jim carrey and also yeah, to be clear uh like I thought you gave, I think we're going to mention uh, Johnny Depp's band, uh, Hollywood Vampires. Who just had to cancel a show, I heard. Yeah, but I I know I, I think you're totally right because usually usually the idea is like oh they're mildly interested in this other thing, right? But and uh, and they could never have a I mean I feel like we we look at it where it's like Michael Jordan playing baseball. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's exactly. That's right. a great example. Right. It, it's like, oh, they never would have been allowed to to do this like on this level if they were not famous for a different thing. Yes. Yeah. And or I they think also like have with, the money. With the baseball, mm -hmm. with the Michael Jordan baseball example, there's also this kind of like, um, I don't know how to put it, but there's this sense of like, uh, oh, you just think you're the fucking best at everything and you can do whatever you want because you're fucking <laughs> Michael Jordan or Johnny Depp or whoever. And a little bit fuck you, uh, for, for 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 thinking that. At least well, that's sort of, that's generally my instinct when I see like a celebrity artist or something like that. Well, I think of uh, I think of James Franco immediately because he's the one that actually was <laughs> yes. was he wrote what two books also, and I think they're generally Taught regarded 10 as college classes simultaneously. <laughs> They yeah, were like yeah, scheduled yeah. at the same time <laughs> and sexually harassing people at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he also directed a movie start featuring Josh Hartnett that still hasn't been released that we kept talking about one day covering on our podcast. Is this really true? This is like Whoa. lost media. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's probably not good, but we kept being like, well, eventually we'll get to that, that James Franco movie he's in. Because James Franco also did an adaptation of a Faulkner novel. I can't remember which one. In I think film? It was, he directed it? Yeah, like a yeah. film version oh, okay. of a Faulkner. I think it's As I Lay Dying, maybe. But, I, I think um, that's the one. That sounds about right. He also <laughs> did, like, Cormac McCarthy and stuff. He, look, here's the thing. You can say a lot of things about James Franco. You can't say the man is not ambitious. True. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you also can't say the man is not pretentious. Also that true. too. Yeah. But they I think hand, often go hand in hand. So what I what's interesting about this book, though, in in the conversation around like artists kind of maybe sometimes delusionally dabbling in other creative projects to kind of like 
you know, diversify their portfolio or whatever. Uh, this is competent, at least in my surely, opinion. yeah. Like like all of his educational background was geared toward this. I think he initially or like saw himself as being an author and a writer. And I don't know what his like journey to becoming an actor fully was, but no, um, me either. But this is at least competently done. Like this is, and and I think part of me was maybe get a little generous in the assessment of this book just out of sheer like imp- being impressed with uh someone doing the it's like if michael jordan played baseball and he was like pretty decent as right. opposed to being bad right <laughs> yeah I, I was i didn't know any of the background stuff going into this until i got to I finished the book and then I got to the acknowledgments page. Yes. Which where then he talks about like, oh, right, you know, like Harold Bloom and, you know, studying at Yale and stuff like that. Because I was uh, like, I feel like in the first chapter struck by like, oh, this, because I, I didn't even read the description on the back. I had no idea what this was other than Matt said, <laughs> David Duchovny wrote a book. Want to come on my podcast and talk <laughs> about it? Hey. And so, and I went in with the skepticism. And in the first chapter, I was like, this is not what I expected. Yeah. Uh, this guy's yeah. like is better at this than I thought he'd be, and um and then you get to the end and, and you kind of realize like oh right this is apparently what he genuinely wanted to do before, like an acting career happened. Yeah, but what what was that show he was on? The X Files. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fox Mulder. He's Fox Mulder. He hasn't been ducking that like Harrison Ford with Han Solo for many years at this point. Yeah. Also, also notoriously, uh, I think it just needs to be said, a sex addict. Sex addict. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also starred in a different show where he plays a sex, sex in addict. The city, right? Sex yeah, in the Sex city? in the City. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were serious for a second. Do you want me to do a, a like a the quick and dirty rundown yeah let's do we'll do we'll do a quick rundown of the plot here and then we'll uh we'll dig in uh to some of the details and some of the the bigger picture stuff so this this one was i think this was technically my pick but yeah go ahead you want to really no you go ahead and do it then game no 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 well actually i think it's on the list as your pick this time i put it on there originally and then took it off because it's kind of long it's like 500 pages almost right 480 yeah yeah, 440 um but I, then I think you put it back on. So yeah, you take it away, Matt. Okay. So, you know, the bait obviously for Patrick being on was, it was David Duchovny and I needed some sort of uh, film media. Expert, like, expert, genius, analyst, yes. clear. historian. Uh, the, the, what Matt's getting at is I refuse to read <laughs> books if they're not about movies. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get you on for something else if you if you like this, and it it has to it can be divorced entirely. Right. Yes. Yeah. Initially, I was just like, I think I'm gonna quit. They're talking about the desert, and then it mentioned the film industry. And I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, he's a stunt man. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the quick and dirty version of this story is it's uh, it's got many characters, but like I guess one of the protagonists, uh, maybe uh, like sort of almost like a James Gandolfini level of like anti-hero thing going on with Bronson Powers. Uh, he is a Hollywood stuntman and sort of a drift drug addict, kind of like alcoholic prone guy who gets his life together by finding Mormonism um, and becoming incredibly 
incredibly devout and zealous to the point of regressing to like pre-1890s Reformation Mormonism, like polygamy, mm. all that shit. Uh, and kind of shaming the like Latter-day Saint church elders and uh, creating uh, in a giant plot of inherited land in Joshua Tree uh, that he calls Agata de Vida after the Iron Butterfly song. Uh, a basically a survivalist compound where him and his multiple wives and their children can be raised untainted by the you know modern world uh in, in strict alignment with this kind of unorthodox version of mormonism that bronson powers practices and then a plucky real estate developer working for a giant real estate conglomerate called like praetorian uh she sees a huge business opportunity to look for mineral mineral rights and you know like resort development contracts and stuff on this giant plot that this dude has uh, and he's been homeschooling his kids. And this is actually one of the plot points that I don't quite understand. I don't know if you guys felt similarly. I don't really understand what the how actionable the threat was that forced him into the situation in the first place, where like this woman comes in and she's like, okay, California has strict rules regarding homeschooling. You need to be like certified and comport in some way to like the standards of that. And that's not what you're doing. Um so we we can sort of do this weird experiment slash deal with the devil. Wager, the wager, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where it's like uh, we take three of your children and for a year they go through the public school system. And if they do worse in the public school system, we'll have proven that like your way was right. You win the wager. We don't inform on you to the government. And if they do better in the public school system, then that proves that the public school system and being in the world is is the better way to go and you've been neglecting them. And if you accept this, you won't just get the zero sum of like the government just evicts you. Um, but we take like some portion of your land, you get to keep the immediate property where you live um, and we give it to you for like a decent price. And he accepts that. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that whole scene seemed like Bronson would have fought it outright but he just kind of ended up going along with it. But without that happening, most of the plot wouldn't have happened. So, but I, I, I do agree that it seemed like he should have, his character seemed like he would have fought it more. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you actually, Paul, because I, I wrote in the margins during that section, I was like, I, I wrote somewhere, I was like, I feel like this is happening a little too fast. Uh, like based on, as you said, like his character and sort of, you know, because basically what happens is she comes back She's like, here's this proposal. And the the two wives, which uh I don't know if you've mentioned already, right? Um, they no, they, they they basically cave like more or less instantly. And I think that's sort of interesting in the sense that like they are both not of that life from the beginning, right? One of them was like a street performer slash drug addict, and the other one is like this wealthy uh East Coast kind of you know, coastal elite uh succession, et cetera, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Um and uh, I feel like there was something in there, perhaps, about their character that, that 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 sort of some cracks in the facade of their commitment to this life, which I think start to come through more pronouncedly later in the book, um, or at least for one of them, for 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 Mary, the uh, the the, the sword swallowing street performer. Um, 
but I did feel like that 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 specific is a very at the, in the in the sort of big picture. It's a minor complaint, but I did feel like that specific scene moved a little too quickly. And then he just takes them outside and lines the kids up and says, "Pick three. Um And like yeah, the rest I, of them are crying, and they they I end up going with here, like, like the uh, the top three oldest kids. They take the two old or they take the two older twins and then one of the younger ones. Yeah. Um, by the way, I should mention here that uh, I read the book a month ago because I That's thought fine. we I thought we had to record by mid June, <laughs> uh, oh. and and so um, my memory of things might be a little bit hazy because totally. I'm just That's like also fine. that scene in particular I read like a month and a half ago, like thinking back to like my progress through it. Um, That's why take sometimes a swing. I don't even read the book, Pat. Sometimes I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I was all surprised. I really like I I saw Matt. I was uh, upstate uh, visiting Saratoga, and I was like, hey, so yeah, I'm like uh, I finished it, and I'm I'm ready to go. And, and Matt's like, oh, we're we're not gonna do this until like a month from now. <laughs> but it's I, hard to schedule. I I I know. I just uh, I thought I thought I was holding things up, which is you know why I was surprised, but, um, but yeah, from what I remember, cause like, like the basic like crux of the plot is like, uh, I will say, I, I remember being like a fairly funny scene when, what's her name? Uh, Maya, Maya. who's like, uh, like the, like, uh, like the one women, uh, the one, the one woman in this, like very much like venture capitalist, like boys club shark tank take, takes like, right. And, and they're all out on like a retreat. Does she take, peyote i think she takes peyote uh, yeah and then it ends up just stumbling like like steals like a maserati uh <laughs> yes. you know stumbles into their like their home gets shot with an arrow by a kid and then but then basically like, like she figures out and she's just like oh wait this is like prime real estate we could build like another vegas or something yes and uh and yeah the um thinking way back to a month and a half ago that now that you mention it I, it does seem like bronson does roll over very quickly mm -hmm. like is it is it that he's just so confident that like well i feel like it, it's either and look like you guys have read it more recently than i have is it either that he thinks they're in a genuinely like tight spot like they could potentially like go to jail or something for like what they're like you know, for like living off the grid and their I think the most life. immediate threat would be like losing the kids, right? If they, right. yeah. And, yeah. uh, but then, but is it all like, is part of it also that he's just so confident in his way of life and that his way, his way of bringing up the kids is better that he's like, oh, like our kids are geniuses. Like, of course, like they're going to do better than they would in a school. Yeah, yeah I, think I, I, I think it's part of that. And I also think there's a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, between the parents, Bronson and the two wives, Mary and, and Yalula, uh, who goes by right, Yaya. One of the right? wives uh, has died. Like a few yes, years his earlier. third wife, uh, Jackie, has died, and she. So I forget the exact number of children. I think it's like nine or ten. Wasn't um, Jackie the mother of the two twins that are the the eldest? Yes. So yes. Jackie is the mother of the two twins that are chosen to go into uh, San Bernardino public schools, uh, Deuce and Pearl. And Bronson, um, not the. And Bronson is not the father. That was from a previous marriage which of is Jackie's, very which becomes important. important. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also maybe why 
the facade starts there's there's cracks in it where he gets kind of like outvoted almost by his two wives because mm-hmm. i mean again he there there's a there's an incest plot uh you know where he's yes he's he's like romantically involved with pearl and well i feel like he, isn't it like he just has recently they've like recently started sleeping together yes and like like not everyone in the family knows about it I think it's yeah. just one yeah. of the one of the mothers walks in on them basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget which one. Mary, I think. I think Mary, and she sees it as you know she's the only one who really. I think it turns out Yulula kind of does know, but like, she sees it as an opportunity also on top of like probably Bronson's hubris of like my kids are gonna fucking ace everything and, which ironically would make it seem like the public school is really good, but. Um, but then uh, Mary wants to get Pearl out of there too, which is why she starts to like kind of suggest that it's a good idea, or it might be like some sort of like a rumspringa type deal where they yes. get exposed to the real world to reinforce their faith, so that when they come back, it's even more their yeah, choice. Yeah, actually, now that I'm remembering it, I think that it, the two wives ended up just like kind of taking over with the decision. It was like kind of two against one. Yeah. And that's what, like, Bronson just kind of went along with them. Because also isn't a thing where the wives are basically in their own romantic relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're very much, like, one of them, I think one of them, uh, is it it Mary who, uh, it's like, is bisexual, but Mm -hmm. has basically, like, has pretty much just only been sleeping with Yalula for, like, years now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Which Bronson, is a failing in the old Mormon tradition. Homosexuality is not condoned in like the in Bronson. You know, Bronson has a sort of iconoclast version, but he mentions it later. He's like, "Have I have I allowed the devil in my house by, by like essentially yeah. letting this pass?" Right, and that's part of the whole like cultural conversation that the book's trying to do of like people trying to return and live in an isolated uh, throwback type of scenario and what happens when reality encroaches. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just to, just to like very briefly round out the rest of the plot. So everyone is on the same page listening. I don't, I don't, you know, so they, they make the wager, the kids go into the school, things happen. I would say like more or less predictably, some do well. One of them becomes a, a sort of like, you know, like young white like rap fan with baggy jeans and, and, and so he plays so a lot forth. of Fortnite. And he plays a lot yes. of Fortnite, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh and then Pearl Pearl finds her calling in the theater um eventually uh performing in in West Side Story. Um and so the two twins essentially thrive in the public school academically yeah, um, if, like if less so socially at Burger King or whatever. Yes, that's right. And then Deuce, is it Burger the Town? Twin, it's Burger, Burger Town. Town. Uh, he takes a job at Burger Town and he becomes Burger politically Town. active and starts a union. Pizza uh, plant. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wish that place existed. I know. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Isn't there one like at like Disney World? I bet. Really? But oh, probably. The toys aren't yeah. alive. Yeah, toys are alive. Matt, they they can be if you believe it. Yeah, there's no way to prove it because they only are alive when you don't look at them. It's the most magical place on earth. I know. You're 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 a you're a uh, Berkelian skeptic, Matt. I say, absolutely. The world world just disappears when you're not looking at it. Yeah, yeah. It just it's like VR or like uh you know 
as soon as I turn around, it stops rendering because it takes too much CPU. Keanu <laughs> <laughs> Reeves, The Matrix, film. Oh, films. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for speaking in a language I understand. His favorite film, too. One of them. Yeah. Um, so then the, the book culminates in a... And of course, right, whenever you're... and this. Duchovny is obviously conscious of this, and it comes up in the text in through conversations with government officials and so on and so forth. Uh, but you you immediately start thinking of images of of Waco um, and you know these these sort of cultish you know religious Bundy. factions. Fun uh, what? Or no, who's what's the Bundy? Bundy. What's the militia guy? Aim. Oh yeah, it is Bundy. Aim and Bundy. Aim Aim and Bundy. Yeah. 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 No, I was thinking Ted. Um, right. But yes. Um, and and the book culminates with essentially that playing out. There's a there's a there's a, a siege shootout. There's kind of like, fire. Old, like a Hollywood shootout, which I think Pal would like too. He probably likes that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah to, to, uh, just so everyone knows, I am a moron, and I really uh, no, this is the only on. way I can process anything. <laughs> uh, so, so it, it it's interesting that like, and the reason that I bring that up that the sort of that's the sort of the end of the book. Uh, you know, Bronson uh, is about to sacrifice his youngest child who accidentally kills another man. Uh, I mean, and that, that's what really sets this all off. It's like, yes, it yeah. seems like everything is kind of working out with the kids in school, and then one of them Hiram. doesn't even start a fight. Yeah, Hiram. Uh, other kids just like start a fight with him. He like act. He's too I'm, badass. It's he's too badass, and a kid gets in a coma and then dies, and everything starts spiraling out of control. And then it lead, and, and then there's his a dad's racial, like, and there's a racial element there too because it's a right. Latino, Latino there, kid. There's a lot of stuff, yeah. But and then basically, and then his dad is like, "I'm going to take you, I'm going to kidnap you and bring you back home, and then maybe kill you." And uh, and yeah, and that's kind of what leads to the siege and the shootout. And uh, our our fiery bloody climax. Yeah, yeah. The Waco, so, the Waco climax. The Waco moment. Yeah, we love, a, yeah. we love a good Waco moment. What can I say? I mean, right now Showtime has like a whole like cinematic universe of Waco miniseries on there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm always like, what's Michael Shannon up to? I'm like, wait, he's in another Waco miniseries <laughs> on Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many Waco miniseries can there be? Uh. At least two. Wow. He's he signed like the like the like Iron Man contract, but just for Waco, where he's just trapped. <laughs> he's trapped for a decade. Yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah. So well, so this I is wanted, a blood atonement, ask, like, right? A, Bronson calls like it. A, like a general question of just like what did people think of the book? We never really do that, but like what are our general thoughts and what do you, you guys don't usually do that? No, I think it'll be good now though. <laughs> Not like we a, usually wait until the end when we give it a score, which, by the way, you'll be asked to do. The scores are out of five. We'll explain it when we get there. So maybe that idea is bad. I no. mean, I think, I, think, I think, you know, I'll say this. I think there were a lot of things in this book that, that, that genuinely interested me for various reasons, like from my own proclivities. So, so I'm, in, I'm in education. I, 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 teach, I, I teach people who are going to be future teachers. And that angle really was interesting to me, the educational angle, right? The the contrast right. between the education that these kids were getting in their home environment versus, and, and this whole wager, right? About like, where are they going to do better? Like, I'm like, I kind of would want to do that. That sounds really interesting. Um, 
and one of the interest, one of the really interesting things, one of the challenging things from Maya's perspective uh, and and the state's perspective, is that upon initial inspection, even the the um, I forget the woman's name from the school district, Janet uh, Bergram. Thank you, Janet. Yeah, um, she even says it seems like these kids are getting a pretty fucking good education. Uh, yeah. Generally speaking, they're reading um, advanced texts and historical texts. Uh, I believe she singles out like it's maybe a little bit lacking in in some of the STEM fields and some of the newer science and mathematics and stuff like that. Um, and their history only goes up so far. Um, but overall, they're getting a really good education. And so I thought that that tension was really uh, um, just intellectually stimulating to me. I, I enjoyed that aspect of the book. Uh, I, obviously, I've got other thoughts, but I'll stop there. Paul? I, I thought the the most blatant angles he was trying to get across were like, he seemed incredibly anti-woke culture to me. And he mm -hmm. also seemed like very, very doomer when it came to education. Like, I, I think that he kind of agreed with like the homeschooling nature of it, but he also thought that like to go to this extreme is also like anti-productive, but also like the public schools are just like shit as well. My my general view is that like the company, just which is true, died. by the way, yeah. I won't, I I can't deny that. Generally speaking, I think Duchovny was like, um, I don't think he was like anti any of that stuff. I think he was sort of trying to do because he's. I I watched a couple of interviews with him and he was like, he was trying to make his big novel about America. Like that's yeah. that's what the, he's trying to do his great American novel, this idea, um, and he wanted to critique like this present moment in an sort of what he saw as like an all-encompassing microcosm sort of like setup because so i don't, don't know, know if we've said but the book takes place in what 2019 i believe yeah yeah when did he write when did it come out 2021 so so did he write it like during covid probably or probably before, some during, maybe started yeah. before yeah yeah i mean i he he definitely wrote it during the Trump presidency. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah very evident. Yeah. He does not like Donald Trump. Uh, but he's I, just I Matt. He's just in there. He's just in there lying. <laughs> he's in the house. He's in the office, and he's just lying to people. <laughs> Wait, actually, uh, Paul, w one question. Um, what? Uh, and again, this might be because I read the book a month ago. Um, uh, what in it? In where, where did you get the take that he's anti-woke culture? That you took the words out of my mouth, Pat. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of the scene where Jose goes into the bathroom um to listen to Pearl singing, and he gets in trouble, and there's this whole like kind of discourse around, you know, boys just barging into the bathroom and well, and um, there's that funny the conversation other girl, like just immediately thinks that he's there for like, you know, degenerate tendencies and it becomes a whole thing at the school. Um, and I just thought okay, the I... tone in that scene was kind of like, this is stupid. Like he's just an innocent kid after some tunes, a beautiful voice. And, and there's that funny happens. conversation immediately after that happens, I believe in the hallway between Pearl and the other girl where the other girl's like, you're going to back me up as a woman, right? Like he basically raped us. And she's like, no, he didn't. And she's like, well, there's different kinds of rape or something. Right. Um, yeah. Which, that, so I okay, get, I, I do get that's that. That's the kind where my dad does it to me. <laughs> right. 
I, I, I had forgotten about that, but yeah, I, I, I do remember that now. I, the my take on that was mostly that he's kind of like that didn't strike me as like a thing that he has a major problem with. More that he's kind of like poking at like, like some some ways that we've like like leaned in this direction can get a little a little silly and a little like like overcompensating but like like his that didn't strike me as like the target for like his his his, you know his real animosity is not aimed at like woke culture i didn't think so yeah i tend to agree i I didn't didn't really see i didn't really see that as like a thread through the throughout the text right like maybe there's a couple scenes here and there but and that that certainly is the big fight scene though and there's like all the you know the racial motivation as well between like you know the kids that beat up what's his name or he Hiram Hiram I mean that that whole plot point is like kind of centered around racial things that's true I think there's enough back and forth I think I think Duchovny is like uh, you know I mean you, you can suss out his sort of orientation I think pretty clearly in the book I think he's like a radical centrist liberal uh <laughs> and he's trying to he's trying to critique both sides of the thing at once he gets he goes to great pains especially when describing maya's situation in praetorian and like the me too movement and like in these you know potentially kind of you know arguably awkward getting in the head of a woman sort of passages where she's like you know oh it's it's really good in these ways but then in some ways i'm like a representative for like an entire gender and like uh blah 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 so I, I think he actually kind of largely goes to great pains to kind of do a both sides mm. kind of thing and, and try a, in his perspective to sort of land in the middle of like reasonable critique of mm. everything so he he doesn't get pinned with being like i fucking hate snowflake sjw's but also <laughs> being like yeah. but not being like uh you know completely uh like um I guess woke. I don't know, like or or, or seeing the faults in that too. Well, I think and I think, trying to ride I, the I line. Think, I think there's this other element too, where, uh, you know, part of the book, a, a big part of the book, is obviously you have these kids who are plucked out of essentially history and brought into the modern world, and having the their their kind of minds blown and and being kind of unprepared for what's going to be expected of them and and so on. And so, you know, it's like. Uh, I think I don't think Encino Man comes up, but there's a Frozen Cave. It does, boy, right? The it does night. come up though. Does Encino Man come up? Yeah, Josue or whatever you say his name. I thought he was just it, talking about the Saturday Night Live Is it Josue? Is it Josue? Yeah, it's Josue. Are we just doing the Key and Peele yeah. sketch of the Prince of the <laughs> AA Ron? Are we just yeah. doing that? So, so I also just I also do think Duchovny is is arguably kind of like playing up some of these elements of the modern world and the, and the disconnect that would exist between those things and these, these kids um, rather than sort of like offering a direct critique one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. I, agree. I mean, Maybe it wasn't, maybe I, it came out wrong, but it just seemed to be like a, a common thread in the way that he obviously like wanted to display what was happening in the country and what, you know, during that time in particular. In, For sure. You know, just he wanted to have that was obviously just like a big part of the book. I thought big part of the like the major plot points and the transition for the kids as well. And just, you know, culture. I, 
Yeah. Um, if uh, if I may answer the uh, the the question that that Paul raised, just the, I, the general takes in the book, I I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. because I think I went into this with the kind of, you know, like okay, a celebrity is trying another thing, expectations low, and it's like I wouldn't, I don't think this is like a great book, but like the. Like, I was genuinely, like, compelled to keep... At no point did it become a slog for me. I was, like, compelled to keep going the whole time. And, And, like, I think it's messy, but I think the messiness is part of what I enjoyed about it, where it's like, here's a section where... You know, clearly David Duchovny uh, has a great passion for uh, the films of Hammer Studios. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad and you brought so, that up. I love Hammer movies. Right. And so here's a subplot where one of the major characters is required for her job to watch the entire catalog <laughs> of Hammer Studios films. And, and it's also like, you know, it begins and it's like, okay, here is, we're going deep on like, like real, like, I don't know if it's Orthodox Mormonism or, but like, like that kind of stuff. And then it jumps over to like venture capital stuff. And then it jumps over to like America's public education system. And then you've got like teen drama with like high school (laughs) theater, but then also a union uh, at the burger restaurant. Exactly. (laughs) All of these things. And so I'm like, you know what? This might be overly ambitious, but I kind of like that about it. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a thing where like the stuff that I found less compelling that I, I, you know, usually when it's like the head of Praetorian, was it Maloof or whatever his name is, is like talking about hanging out with like, you know, he's called like Steve Mnuchin, like the Nooch or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is like, uh, like this is a little like cartoony, like, 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 yes, I, you know, like we all like, especially writing this in like 2020, we all hate the Trump administration, but, right. I'm, but I'm like, uh, that's the kind of thing that I'm, I'm just like, we just have heard so much of this that it's it's like it's it's less interesting to me but uh but there's like but i i was surprised how intriguing i found like this cast of characters and just seeing where he was going with it yeah and so like i i yeah i i genuinely i did enjoy this more than i expected to like he really took a big swing at this and and i and i respect that I totally agree. And I think, you know, the, the example, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up uh, Maloof because I, I think like for some of the characters and I would argue some of the scenes, right. Uh, and we can talk because I, I want to talk uh, maybe in the Patreon segment about some of the, the more filmic elements of this, the cinematic elements. There's a couple scenes that really stick out in my mind as being like, uh, you know, you can just picture it. Right. Um, but, but some of the characters, I think are really like well thought out and really well developed literarily. And then some like Maloof, I think are kind of like these, for lack of a better term, Hollywood tropes of like a character like that. Right. Like he's the rich, he's the rich um, uh, immigrant uh, uh, person of color who makes it big and and loses a finger in a lawnmower or whatever. Wait, is he Israeli? Um, I forget his... I don't think he is. I think no, he's I don't think he's Middle Israeli. Eastern. I think he's uh, uh, okay. non-Israeli Middle Eastern. 
Afghani uh, or something. I don't something remember like where that. from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Gabe. I, no, I'm, no, no. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, and and if we can, if anyone remembers or finds it, that we can figure that out. But you know, I think you know, and then he's sitting, staring wistfully at the ocean, talking about mortality and how it fuels his greed and da 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 da. da. You know, like it felt like there's <laughs> there were there were some moments where I feel like he kind of resorted to those those cliches a little bit with certain characters. And then there are others that I think are are really fantastic. I think Bronson himself, I, I think those opening chapters, like you were talking about, Pat, where he's diving into Mormonism and kind of the story of like Bronson's like reluctant conversion, I found to be really compelling yeah. um, and, and kind of like psychologically uh, uh, incisive and apt. And like, I could see how that could, would happen in almost exactly the way he describes it. Yes. Yeah, I, I think the the close like a weird comparison that kept popping up for me was uh for good and ill was Franzen. Mm. I I read uh you know I read the corrections and freedom and fucking purity, right? The three, you know, and Franzen also has a very similar approach of trying to create some kind of snapshot of some portion of the culture that he's trying to critique from a very ambitious, like multi-angled stance and he always uses the family as a sort of microcosm for like the different like tendencies and types of people and psychologies like in the country uh which you know is impressive to me you know i don't i can't tell if it's like you know franzen would rife like like bristle because he's kind of a pretentious blowhard uh about being compared to writing essentially something that also like an actor wrote um <laughs> But again, Jonathan, Jonathan, if you're hearing this, come on the show and talk about it. Yeah, John, Jonathan Franzen. <laughs> Freedom was read by Barack Obama. <laughs> but you can come on the show. Um, yeah, but anyway, just I just thought I'd say that, like, it reminded me of some Franzen novels uh, in terms of its like what its seeming sort of task and goal and was. <laughs> mm. Right, but I, just, I really thought there would be more aliens. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to believe, dude. He wants to believe. You have Bronson. Not... Bronson also likes Fox Mulder. Wants to believe very badly. Yeah, he really yeah. does. Yeah, when, yeah, I, when uh, I first read the title and like the first chapter of the desert, I was like, "Was this year on Area Fifty One? Mormonism <laughs> has aliens. Did you know that? Yeah, Mormonism does have aliens. That's true. Yeah. So there you go. This is about a guy who believes in aliens. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Like, literally, uh, actually. I know. Well, because like, I think a thing that is also important about this, and I think which is why some of the stuff where it, you know, like Gabe, you said, uh, kind of leans into the more, you know, kind of like stock, like cliche type characters, is that a lot of the time I feel like it does go out of its way to not make things as simple as they could be mm. like specifically when you get the part where Hiram gets in this fight that he didn't start that uh where this like Latino kid starts the fight and then ends up in a coma and then ends up dying and then it's like okay this is suddenly extremely complicated because the this kid is not even really at fault but there's like this racial aspect. So it looks like it could be a hate crime. And then there's a thing where he is caught and it's like he's 
he's caught on video and it, it should it, like the video should be the evidence that he is it's only defending himself but then he quotes this like mormon scripture that if you know what it means is actually a thing that's like a line about like hating dark-skinned people and and, and, and only bronson would know that right so when he sees right. the video i think he exactly. calls him a laminite right yeah, yeah. Th that's yeah. it right so so there's like there's stuff like that and uh, and then you've got the thing where is it, Matt? Was it Janet Bergman or Bergram? Bergram. Bergram uh, yeah. the, the woman from like the like the, the school like, district. The, the school district. Yeah. Um, who's very much like you know, you know, a someone who just like who cares about the kids and their educations. And then I think one of the more interesting things in the whole book is like when she gets involved in this and she's like suddenly she's like thinking like okay like very strategically like politically like here's how we spin the story here's how we have to like <laughs> get like someone who seemed like like so like so like crusading on like on that and so selfless is always thinking of the kids and freedom so writers, having heard freedom writers diary <laughs> and then she shifts into the like into the mode of like okay uh like we have to win this here's how we have to control the narrative and all that stuff i'm like mm -hmm. this this suddenly it, it is much more complicated than it could yeah. be. And and also, I just, this is barely related, but I just was reminded of it. A scene that I like in the book uh, with Janet Bergram is the scene where she's introduced, where uh, Maya is trying to, like, ha they've, they, they've got this, like, you know, the like the wager, this deal that they want to make because their whole goal is to get this prime real estate. And they have this meeting with this woman like from the school board uh where they literally just get her in their private plane and just fly <laughs> around in circles yeah just for they're not going anywhere but just to him like like to just seem powerful well, i'm yes. just like that's just like that's i think it's just a good setting for the scene i'm like this is like Again, continually, I would be like pleasantly surprised by stuff like that. Yeah, like in the book, and as much as uh, you know, Duchovny does seem like a very like MSNBC liberal. Uh, yes. there is a whole thread where Mary just becomes obsessed with watching MSNBC. Yes, that's so, in yes. the book. <laughs> yeah, they're mad out Hayes like ingestion. Right. Yeah, in a way that he is like poking fun at. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really smart that you brought that up, Pat, because I I, I had sort of forgotten about that thread um, uh, when they when they first move out, and I think uh, I I think again it's kind of like that self awareness that 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 the company has both about the Hollywood elements, right? I mean, making the character a former stuntman and all these all these references, the hammer stuff, you know, it's all over the place, but it is self aware. Yeah, the, I thought it was really funny too that like what she hadn't watched tv or consumed any media in like 20 years and then like a month in she's just being a woman of her age at like 45 watching msnbc and just like, <laughs> yeah she's all she's also like is she taking like was it like just like oxy or something yeah, yeah she was, was on back. um oh what was it it was something like that yeah yeah, it was like a Xanaxy thing. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it like a set pills. Like, yeah, just like stealing painkillers from like someone like at the gym. 
Yes. <laughs> so she's just constantly high on painkillers and watching MSNBC. She just well, becomes yeah. the, cl the classic MSNBC wine mom. Like right. she's just yeah. the MSNBC yeah. wine mom. Well, I mean, I love how she gets the pills too. She's like, listen, th that stuff's poison. Like you need to get healthy. You don't need that shit. And then he throws in the garbage. She's like, oh, oh. <laughs> rifles it out of the garbage and pops him immediately. It is funny. I, yeah, I, I really like that. Um, yeah, and, and right, Mary like sort of fits right into her role and all that kind of stuff. I, I think that the places where Duchovny falls short, uh, there's the caricature of like Maloof. Like, I think he could have been wrought a little better. I think there's, and Pat, we we have a history with this too, like um, writing for young people, writing teens. Yeah. Pat and I wanted to do a never to be made show about like I mean, Matt, high we, schoolers. We we've got a we've got a pilot script. We do. It'll need to be reworked. But writing is hard and one of the big pitfalls, right? Joss Whedon just made up a slangs slang and stuff so that he could avoid it, but like Duchovny is an older gentleman. Uh so um there were some funny are you are you getting at um what I forget his name again. Hiram. Hiram. Hiram, Hiram kind of yeah. trying to dabble in some. Uh... Hiram, uh, you you could say that he develops uh, an affinity for uh, rap music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say he's a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has some big gamer moments. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think yeah. what's kind of funny, kind of unintentionally funny, is that. You know, you get the, the whole stretch where it's like, let's talk like, OK, the kids go to public school and you get the stuff where it's like deuce. And here's his like difficulty, like socially, but doing well academically. But then he, I will say an image that has stuck with me from this book. Is oh, because it's it, hitting him in the face. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's like he gets terrible acne because it's also just like they haven't been a like like. You know, humans develop like, like you know, uh, kind of an, an immunity toward, or at least like get used to like bacteria and stuff like right. that that's in their environment. And these kids haven't dealt with any of it. And so suddenly, Deuce just gets this like awful acne. I'm like, uh, I'm my 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 mental image is just. I don't know if anyone's read this particular Junji Ito short story. Oh yes, uh, Uzumaki. Or no, no, not Uzumaki. Uh, and not from Uzumaki. It's it's one of the uh, anthologies, but it's about these this family that lives in uh, above like a Chinese or yeah Chinese food restaurant that's where everything is so greasy that oh. this one boy develops just like oh, I've seen that. covering yeah, his yeah. entire face. Anyway, um, but he gets terrible acne, and there's one point this like kid bullying him slaps him in the face and it describes that just like it pops all his pimples and the guy's hand is like covered in pus oh god <laughs> it's so gross uh, it, it is but it stuck with me but like <gasps> but then it gets like so into just like him getting involved like d discovering like unions and uh and getting really involved in activism and right. uh and organizing like you know like labor strikes and all this kind of thing and then pearl has all the stuff with her like discovering theater and film. And I think there's a very funny sequence where she goes, the first movie that she ever sees in theaters is Joker. And she has yeah. like, <laughs> a, like she has like right. a panic attack in the theater. <laughs> but, um, and so, but like these, they're like, like, I feel like these kids are drawn like fairly like 
complexly. There's like uh there's a lot going on with them. And then oh, and then there's the uh, the other kid and and he just he listens to rap music and plays Fortnite like at every waking hour and uh and then <laughs> He just starts like throwing around like slurs, and uh, and becomes a full cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. And he's. Well, and and I, his, I, I think the cool. thing what's interesting about like writing kids, like I, I I don't know what you all have talked about previously, or, or but like an older person writing kids probably going to be slightly goofy and cringe uh, in general, right? But I want, and I don't know if this was intentional, but like Duchovny either intentionally or unintentionally kind of baked himself a get out of jail free card here because these specific kids would be fucking weird and cringe in the way that they talk. It's right? true. So even if he gets it wrong and doesn't write their speech correctly, it's also probably how they would have fucking said it in the actual situation. My one critique is Hiram. If he's listening to like, I don't know, like SoundCloud rap, like Yeet and shit, and he's playing Fortnite all the time, he would not be talking like in 1990s like gangster rap terminology which is what he's he says i'm yeah. gonna pop a cap in yo ass like yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's that. that's just that's not something even somebody like reintroduced from a sort of isolated place would at say. the soundcloud and Fortnite level that's maybe right. he started maybe he started from the beginning maybe he went through the whole discography <laughs> yeah everybody. yeah Anxiety and he loves the yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that is someone who uh you know at the age that David Duchovny is, where they're like, oh, right, that's what they say in rap music. <laughs> right. The N-word, and uh, I remember Biggie Smalls song and, you know, whatever. Pop a yeah. cat. Break, uh, break dance. I think, um, he says, I think he says it's ain't no thing but a chicken wing on a string. Yeah, he does yeah. say that. Yeah. I'm like, that's white man can't jump. I like, That's like, that's just not, that's just yeah. not it. No, right. Not. He's that's literally thing. just like, he calls his dad, he's like, yo, fool. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm just like, look, look, David, you're a famous person. You you surely have like friends or friends with kids that you could show this to who might who might be able to give you like some pointers. Well, he has kids. Like Duchovny has children, and uh, you know, he's in divorce, but um from is it Taylioni? Yeah. Um, nice. But uh, that's what I'm nice. movies. Actor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just one of those things where you can like you can sense it's I, I'm pretty discouraging of the idea of like write what you know or like stay within your kind of comfort zone of like mm. experience. But you can tell in this book a little bit like when when he kind of hits uh, onto something that he is familiar with versus not is all because like when he's talking mm. about the like anxieties of the parents with raising their kids all of that's like very rings very tr true to me like it, it you know it feels lived yeah. and it feels like somebody who's speaking from some sort of genuine experience um, but i think he started off really smartly by talking through like transitional recovery and trying to find yourself through like self-help books and stuff because yeah. i mean you gotta, yes you gotta assume he's gone through like 12-step programs because he was a sex addict and and yeah, a drug addict. I, and, yeah, was he a drug addict? Yeah. Oh. And I, yeah, I didn't I, know that. I didn't know that either. But I totally agree, Paul. I think all of that, again, like getting back to this original description of kind of Bronson coming to Mormonism in this like weird forced way in order to get this land from his aunt. Uh, 
and and even with some of the even with some of the characterization of Mary, who who they they met in a drug uh, in like a twelve step program, if I'm remembering yeah, correctly, that's right. right? Um, and and so they're kind of like the way that they kind of map some of the twelve step ideas onto their new religion in a way that kind of like makes sense to them. And like you said earlier, Matt, you know, even Bronson's version of Mormonism itself is like both hyper fundamentalist, but also very strange and 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 uh uh um what's the term i'm looking for i can't think of it off the top of my head i think you said iconoclastic but uh i was i was trying to well, search like for something else version of it as Heter- well. heterodox heterodox exactly yeah that kind it was of like thing. a dichotomy and, because like the the extreme fundament fundamentalist aspect. syncretic syncretic is the word i was looking for Thank, there you okay, go there i yeah, found yeah. it like the, the biggest discrepancy i think with his mormon thinking would be like um okay homosexuality is terrible but he lets his wives partake in that and then the opposite side is my son might have said something referring to race in a video where he beat up a kid and he died and i'm going to kill him now <laughs> it's just like well, well it's they, more like life for a life yeah the blood atonement but the it's it's also weird because that that term the way it's described in the text laminite is not a slur it's used to refer to like the original owners of the land like it's kind of actually like not necessarily a positive term but it's like i i don't think it's a so his reaction to that was interesting to me because i i the way that it was talked about earlier in the text was that not it didn't have negative connotations necessarily yeah i think what scared him so much was that like it was said in anger in anger after he you know he like knocked a kid out i mean i I really like the relationship between um bronson and his son harem harem is what he has yeah h-y remember names better um but i i like the relationship because he reminded his son reminded him of his father a lot and he like his his dad like always scared him and he always kind of saw this like darkness and demon in his dad that like he never understood and he had that relationship with his son um and there was a part of bronson i think that just like wanted to like maybe this is too like psychological but he like i think he hated his dad and saw a little bit of his dad his son and wanted his son dead (laughs) in like a really psychologically Mm. dark way just like looking well, for an excuse for him to die well and and i think and we're almost at, we're at about an hour here so we may need to start wrapping up before we go to the patreon segment but i will say one of the things that i think we need to talk about when we go to the patreon segment is bronson's hostility towards all types of psychology because oh, that's yeah. something that i yeah. think came through that was really interesting to me about his character and you just brought up his feelings about his father paul and i think that that was a really um kind of like fertile element of his character uh uh that 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 both motivated him and also i think caused division between him and his two wives in the end mm-hmm. well, let's score it up and save it for the page okay we'll come back for the patreon segment if you like the show folks by the way patreon.com slash spinecrackers um uh, twitter instagram um and i guess leave us an apple review that's a thing that's important that i've learned 
on Apple Podcasts. You guys have been doing this podcast all this time. You don't know to tell people, go to Apple Podcasts. That's, uh, yeah, well, uh, you I, know, yeah. giving Paul, us a five-star review there can really help the show. I know. Exactly. Paul, I just, Paul, to be fair, has been pushing this. I have been. We have yeah. oh, we it have over we have over positive. eleven ratings. We have twelve ratings, over eleven <laughs> and a four point eight average. And, uh, do you uh, do you ever read reviews on the show? No, but I'll do. Should I do that right now? We got. I mean, I'm all a, I'm saying is back back in the days that Matt and I podcasted. Sometimes we would read reviews uh, on the show, and I'm just like that might encourage people to post more. All right, fine. Exactly. So if I'll do it right now. Because we, we, we also then if they if they, if they say weird us uh, if they uh, say mean things to you, then you can uh, make fun of them. On we air. did that. We yeah, did yeah. do that once. Our we'll talk about that in a second because our boy, uh, what's his name here? Um, he re- uh, he said the second one. No, no, no. This is the this is the um, the one about the, who was mad about the Harry Potter segment. Mm-hmm. Right. Which yeah. We have yeah, to yeah. Use, though. Which oh, we're gonna Matt, do. Matt told me about that. Yeah, so our, our our boy Artie, he liked the show, but he was he was he and listen, I get where you're coming from, Artie. J.K. Rowling fucking sucks. We don't love J.K. Rowling, but Harry, the Harry Potter thing is funny, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, and and I think you know at this point, Harry Potter is is its own thing. It's it's, it's more it's more everyone else's than J.K. Rowling's. That's my exactly. Thank it's you. also just so baked into culture that you can't yes. just going the rest of your life without ever mentioning it right yeah yeah we don't have tattoos like some of y'all right right we didn't this is not an kids. endorsement of her political Daenerys views Targaryen. yeah <laughs> but yeah so we had someone who was uh, a little mad about that but look, yeah. what's this one okay so this is the, our most recent review that we got on june uh, 13th by uh chris hardwick for real? <laughs> literally, I mean that's that's literally their name. It's Chris Hardwick with like 15 Ks. Okay. Uh, I'm just I am cho- I am choosing to assume that it's the real Chris Hardwick who loves well, our show. And Chris that's gonna be and- problematic again. Again. Oh fuck, that's yeah. true. Never yeah, mind. He, he was like, that that was a weird one because he was not fully canceled. Right. But it but it was a thing where people were just like maybe he maybe maybe we just don't like him. Very much. I don't know. He's That's, a dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if it's you, Chris, come on the show and uh, <laughs> explain yourself to the people. <laughs> how, I mean, how funny would that be if you were your next guest? We're a jury of his peers. <laughs> well, yeah. and our review before that was by Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> look the man has a lot of free time right now he's yeah. getting really into right. into book podcasts right. okay so all right so chris's review says it's titled amazing taste i've only recently started listening but these guys have the best taste in literature their discussions are super accessible and easy to understand and they have a great sense of humor too smiley face i appreciate the sensitivity around difficult topics are you listening Artie? we're not <laughs> We're not, we're not those people. I appreciate the sensitivity around difficult topics and the willingness to delve into a diverse range of books and subject matter too. Thank you, Chris. And if you want your Apple podcast review read on the show, right, leave one. Leave one. <laughs> also, unless uh, this is not a guarantee that you'll read every single review because if you guys get flooded, if you guys like blow up and get flooded, I mean, with after reviews, we get the Pat we'll Willems five. bump, after yeah. the Pat Willems bump, we might. Yeah, we're done. I mean, look, guys, if nothing else, I promise that 
maybe like three people who haven't heard the show before will click on this episode. That's a yeah. huge that's like not insignificant. That's yes. like three times one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Paul, you're right. That's true. And, and look, uh, d- listeners, just, hey, just when he's see, right, just, he's right. Just so you all know, even back in second grade, Paul <laughs> was good so at math. <laughs> yeah, as long know, as I've known him. I'm good at math. That's getting me so good. I don't know. <laughs> it is. It is. It just true. is. It's fucking true. Um, all right. Well, before we go to our, our concluding segments here, uh, Pat, you know, where can the people find you on the internet? Uh, how do they access your, your, your variety of quality content, best film and media analyst on YouTube. Uh, that's, and that's guaranteed. That's the Spycrackers guarantee. Uh, uh, Gabe's words, uh, not, not mine, but, uh, but yeah, you can, uh, watch my videos at, uh, youtube.com slash patrick h willems you just just search patrick willems on youtube either i'll come up or people making videos about why i suck will come up that's how you uh, you made it that's how yeah that's how you know you fucking made it exactly exactly uh matt is in um actually uh and everyone all the videos are also available ad free uh with extended cuts on nebula where you can watch night at the coconut uh a feature film where matt torpy plays matt torpy and sings a song that's a good angle, yeah. yeah. And I'm such a good friend that I'm planning to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're beginning to think about thinking about it. <laughs> is there, Char- you, is there, is there, um, is there Charles merch? Surely, uh, it's yeah, mostly it sold out. We oh, sold, okay. we, we, we sold out of plush Charles, like, like a while ago. Wow. I think you can still maybe get, uh enamel pins and um no he's about to and uh, charles t-shirts i believe still available oh oh i should have worn mine uh oh oh i when i saw uh oppenheimer on thursday there was a uh, i i ran into a guy at the theater with a charles shirt on no it was it was great uh who else pat ran into at the theater Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Tom Cruise. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> no, I I I met I met Tom Cruise like a like uh, like a that 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 was a week before. I'm just making I'm joking, but you did meet Tom Cruise. I, I did meet Tom Cruise. That's all I was trying to get at. Uh, it, 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 yeah, I'm guys. I'm talking to you now in uh in my uh in my AC era. Like I look at my life, you know, I look at it. It's like okay, July 10th, before and after. You know, I'm, he touched you. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I talked to Tom Cruise for like two or three minutes. Wow, Whoa. that's 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 fucking real. Your it, feet uh, levels must be off the charts right now. Pro- could be. I will say <laughs> it is. Are you clear? Extremely, Are you clear? <laughs> I I do not know, but I know that he, when he talked to me, as people always say happens when Tom Cruise talks to you, he made direct eye contact. And listened mm-hmm. intently to every word I said, and it is so disconcerting when yeah. someone like that, when someone that famous yeah. is locked on, and and, and it's like I, I, I'm, my mouth is making sounds, and I hope it, it, whatever I'm saying makes some sense. I that is that is that must have been a wild experience. I can't even imagine. I, I what, the the thing I heard recently about Tom Cruise is that he didn't know that there was porn on the internet. 
until <laughs> Seth Rogen told him about it. Yeah, like uh, that, a year that, ago. That that was in an inter. I feel like that was an interview, like maybe like like four years ago or okay. so. But but yeah, no, that uh, apparently. Look, I will say I uh, I did not bring that up when I talked. <laughs> Tom, come on the show, buddy. Yeah, hey yeah, Tom, if if you want, we'll talk about on. Dianetics. We'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, really, literally, I will read Dianetics and talk to Tom Cruise about it for three hours if he comes on the show. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, maybe we can read one of Hubbard's lesser known works that Tom might be interested in. Yeah. Battlefielder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know what time it is, folks. It's time for blood atonement, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> You're a laminite, Harry. <laughs> You're a laminite. <laughs> we have a lot well, of people, so this might actually. Who are we gonna do? Yeah, we, we're gonna so have to wait, talk, oh, wait, wait, okay. talk it out for me. Yes. Yeah, for you. This is we're sorting characters into <laughs> yes. Hogwarts houses. Correct. Yes. That's exactly yes. right. Yep. Pottermore. Yeah. And Pottermore. uh and this is tough because there's a lot of fucking characters in this book, but we don't have to do all of them. I think we can limit ourselves to to wait, 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 wait. I just had a weird thought. Does Hogwarts are they the only school that has the four houses? Because there's like the French. Oh, I don't school. know. That's a good question. Well, no. Mm. Why? Why? Like, why would this? Why would schools have the same houses? That's just but their like, schools. Structure. That's true. It's it's like a dorm. It's why. Yeah, different schools don't have the same dorms. Yeah, but it's like a psychological characterization. So like all those. True. So like the French school with all the girls. Bobaton. So, I mean, what I think is funny about this is that you know people. I'm mostly like, you know, readers of. The Harry Potter books make such a big deal about like what what house would you be in like all that but it's like in that world you go to anyone from a different country and they're like what the fuck's a Slytherin that's <laughs> yeah that, right what is that I, I don't know I what that means that I wonder if Hogwarts is like super regressive and this is like a practice <laughs> that no other school does they're like what the fuck are you using a sorting hat for I don't know school? that's I don't know. really I mean, awful the other, the other, the other aren't the other schools fucking a uh, uh, single gender though that's pretty regressive aggressive i don't know yeah. but it, it, you know oh. they, it's just more like they're just oh the russian school comes up like hello we are we are here we are russian wizards <laughs> it's just like <laughs> i don't know if it's better or worse yeah they're all just like the red house they're yeah exactly. they're all, yeah <laughs> a bunch of fucking commies yeah and they're yeah, all the yeah. same they're the same because of because of uh At Durmstrang, everyone sorted into house landed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody may still only have Lenin. We only one house. Wait, aren't they like Bulgarian? Yeah, oh, yeah, I they're Bulgarian. So. I think we're yeah. making shit up. Is it Bulgarian? I was, I thought, I was like, I think German. Victor, I think Victor Crumb specifically is Bulgarian. I well, think Hermione is into a Russian student, right? No, Victor, no, Crumb. Victor Crumb. Victor Crumb is Pat not Russian. Right. I think Pat might be right that he's like Bulgarian or something. Going to the internet yeah, to find out, out. Uh, he's a Bulgarian wizard. Thank wow. you. Okay. Good yeah, you're right. Damn. And so, uh, how did you remember that? You're the biggest J.K. Rowling fan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, me? <laughs> yeah. 
No. Why would you? Why would you know? <laughs> guys, guys, discussing this is a minefield. Why did you add this this segment to your show? <laughs> Look, my knowledge of this is not an endorsement of anyone's views no, on gender. Jesus, no one, no one with a pulse not. thinks that. That's no, the no problem. person, no, no person smart enough to listen to this podcast would think that. I uh, except that one guy. Except except guy. except that one guy, and yeah. um, I don't know, maybe maybe some dummies who follow me on Twitter when after I uh, like promoted this will will listen to it. No, um, uh, well, we don't have attention to... to us. Sorry, I'm looking up where where the Durmstrang Institute is located. Um, it is what? Oh, weird. It. Apparently, uh, it conceals its whereabouts, and uh, the the Dermastrang Institute is is said to be situated in the far north of Europe, but it oh, does that could, not. That could actually... be anywhere, Siberia. It, yeah, it's not yeah, Europe, but no, it could, that could be that could be like Finland. Ooh, I bet it's Sweden. Yeah, uh, guys, a year ago I was in Sweden, and it was so much better than being in the u.s right now oh uh, don't mostly don't, just better than being in new york don't because make it's me like jealous. humid and, and like miserable here i'm and, going uh, to i'm going I, i'm going to new zealand in december and i'm excited about that that's, that's gonna be sick. cool guess where that is uh, they filmed lord of the rings there yeah <laughs> holy shit all three movies all three. Mo- movies <laughs> movies films peter jackson oh my yeah, peter god jackson. wow yeah. you got some real knowledge here dude is sauron gonna be there dude are they from The Hobbit there too? <laughs> Sora. Who knows? <laughs> Sound off in the comments. Tell us if they filmed The Hobbit there. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Who Who are we putting in houses? Okay. Let's do Bronson. Bronson. Powers. Bronson. Maya. Yalula. Uh, the two wives. And I the think three kids. The three we, main we kids. Could, yeah. We all right. We'll do the kids. Deuce, Pearl, that's and a, wait, guys. I, we're gonna have to be I, quick. Guys, I, I'm going to come in hot with a, a really strong take. Okay, let's I, go. I, I think Maloof is a Slytherin. <laughs> what? What? Dude, if you thought that. that's controversial as fuck. I, We're going to spend by an it. hour on I, this. I'm not taking that back. Pat, I this might be your last time on the show, dude. I got, <laughs> I, look, and also online. Yeah. Because I, you're going to be destroyed. I'm getting, all, the Maloof heads are going to be furious about that one. <laughs> That dude was more Slytherin than Voldemort, though, to be real. <laughs> I think he was more Slytherin than Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> Sauron is so Slytherin. <laughs> and all the orcs. Listen, I'm just going to fucking say it. Sauron's a bad guy. <laughs> Bronson okay. Powers is a very interesting starting point, though. It what, is. What do, who do it we is. think that dude is? Austin Powers? <laughs> Mm-hmm. What'd you say? <laughs> Who do you wait, think? Based on what you, we've been wait, talking wait. about, right have you guys sorted Austin Powers? No, we Hogwarts house. Gryffindor. <laughs> he's he's he does, claw because he's so sexually experimental, and that's, he, that's true. He he, oh, and yeah. he, loves, he I don't know, but he likes to live dangerously. That's kind of brave. Like yeah. Gryffindor. Gryffindor, Ravenclaw rising for. I I, uh, I played blackjack for the first time live in a casino. Uh, oh, a I did that back in January. A, a few weeks ago, yeah. How'd it go? 
it was good. I lost money, but but I was up and then I kept playing and I went down. You know, you know how it goes. But it was fine. It was fun. And uh the whole time I was just thinking about Austin Powers. Like just yeah. just just hitting hitting All on 18. <laughs> yes. It's, it's I th- the first time you do it, it is impossible not to think of that. Yeah, yeah. And and just uh the the temptation to say I like to live dangerously I know. While, while like uh having like 20 insane hits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I just, I'll never forget the, uh, the dealer's face in that movie. You, you have 19, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I like to live dangerously. Uh, good movie. Great, good yeah, movie. Great movie. You, uh, am I the only one who just, uh, maybe like every couple of months, I just watched the opening title sequence just to like feel good. <laughs> just him like dancing through London. I gotta I watch it again. Not. I have that not seen it nice. in so long. It's just it just just go on YouTube, type in you know Austin Powers opening title, and uh, it's like a minute long, and it's just it's it's fantastic. Wonderful. It's fantastic. It's feel good. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh that uh, a couple of years ago we we did a video about the Austin Powers trilogy, and I listened to Soul Bossa Nova that Quincy Jones song so yeah, much that's that eventually awesome. I was I was just like I'm just gonna buy the album that that's from on vinyl uh and uh which is just a whole album of songs that sound like that just fucking bangers it's AKA so good. bangers yeah yeah wall-to-wall bangers uh quincy jones does a cover of uh on the street where you live from from uh my fair lady Ooh. but in that in the style of like the austin powers song and it's yeah. it's it's amazing it, that sounds great, awesome great album everyone go listen to it Okay. Anyway, uh, Bronson Powers. Bronson. Um, Gryffindor. I yeah. think you. I think you have to say Gryffindor with some strange tendencies. You can be an evil Gryffindor. You can be a Gryffindor. You can. You can be an. You can be a good anything and an evil anything or a neutral anything. Mm. I yeah. think he's an. Yeah, he's a. He's a. Yeah, he's a. He's a. Oh fuck. He's a Gryffindor, yeah, but he has he's got his bad. beliefs, and he sticks to them no matter what. And he's got charisma. He's brave. He's braver at the end. He fighting. does have charisma. Maya almost fucks him. Maybe we'll talk, or she does fuck him. We'll talk about that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, she does. Uh, y- yeah. I, uh, I think I think I've got to go team Gryffindor. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's settled then. But the dangerous, the dangerous end of Gryffindor. Dangerous Griff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maya. Right. Maya's, Maya's Hufflepuff. Ravenclaw. No, Ravenclaw. Where's that coming from, Paul? I don't know. I feel like she's, she's like, curious and smart. Um, but she's also ambitious, deeply ambitious. Oh, so why not Slytherin? That's what I'm saying. That's that. I'm kind of leaning towards Slytherin. Uh, yeah. Or, or, or is is this a thing where like she starts super Slytherin? And then becomes less so. So maybe the- she's like Slytherin, Ravenclaw rising. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be my that is my also take. Yeah, and and by the way, we'll have to talk about this in the Patreon segment as well. We haven't talked about the the concluding chapter, Maya's kind of epilogue at all. So we'll have to touch on that later. Yeah, um, but she starts out thinking she wants to be a Slytherin because it seems attractive. And right. then becoming more of a seeker of knowledge after she realizes. Yes, yeah, seeker reminds me of Hogwarts, the game with the broomsticks. 
Yeah. Yes. You know who's a seeker? Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about Mary. Hot puff. Yeah, puff. I think you think Mary's puff. I was gonna say. Yeah, think what, Yalula. Puff. I was, I was thinking. Puff. I was thinking. A... Yalula might be a puff. She's so loyal. Wait, What's I, what, what do you say? If Mary is. I think Mary is Ravenclaw. Actually, guys, what if they're a pair of puffs? Yeah, how about we puff puff pass on both of them real quick? They are because they're yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, there's no topping that. Let's just move on. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, I still, I still think Mary might be Ravenclaw, but I, I can't beat puff puff pass. <laughs> Um, okay, the three children, uh, Deuce, uh, Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw. I think he's, cla- I think he's a classic Gryffindor. Yeah. Oh, maybe you're he right. He starts the union. He leads the people. You're right. He's a leader of men. Yeah. That's, that's Gryffindor. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. And women. He's... Women can work at Burger King. <laughs> true, true, true. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for I thank you for calling me in there, Paul. Um, yeah, I need to do better, and I'm gonna yeah. look inward. I'm gonna yeah. do better and be better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay, we're moving at record pace here. This usually takes us forever. Hiram, Rave, uh, or Griff, Gryffindor. Yeah, I think he. I think that's right. Like Gryffindor with a evil heart and soul. You think he's evil? I don't think he's. Yeah, evil. I think I he's think eleven. He's, I think he's got an evil uh, soul and heart. No, that's <laughs> Bronson's mischaracterization of his yeah, own Bronson, Yeah, that, I agree. Bronson is Bronson is overthinking it, right? He's comfortable killing animals. Oh, he's and, and and he did kill a person and like, okay. But he, but he, also, was, in, he was in the right. <laughs> well, there is that. He is fine with murder. I did, that's what I just heard. <laughs> I think an important thing is that he is like unfazed when he finds out the kid died. Yeah, yeah. true. And then... Can we spoil the ending of the book? Oh, of we, course. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the he, whole point. He also kills his dad. True. Yeah. No, Mary does. Yeah, oh, that's Mary right. No, Mary him. kills oh. him. Yeah. Shit, I, but, I forgot. But Hiram yeah. was willing to kill him. Yes. yes. Which, which was, which was the whole test. And we'll have to talk about this more. That was the whole test Bronson set up by loading the gun with blanks. Right. Yeah. Oh. He, the, the, yeah. That's it. He was about to kill his dad. And so and Bron- that's like Bronson's final. The final straw for Bronson to to kill Hiram is that not only did he kill this other kid, he was willing to kill his own father. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and, love how complicated it is because Bronson kills a lot more people in order to be able to kill his son. Correct. Uh, Which, uh, yeah. Yes, and also, exactly. when exactly did Bronson have that idea to fill a gun with blanks and then plant the gun in the backpack or whatever? Off so screen. That- yeah, dude. <laughs> Off screen. That's okay. a film term, right? Pat? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, at some point, uh, the film version of this book cut over to, like, I don't know, Mary shooting at, like, the park rangers or whatever. And yeah. when that, that was happening. And is Mary Get Your Gun a reference that they're using? Oh, could be. Anyway. <laughs> Mary's got a gun? That's Janie. Janie's oh, got a Janie. gun? Oh, Janie. The Beatles? Uh, Matt, do you mean Annie Get Your Gun? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think, when did Mary ever get a gun? I'm just, I'm 35 and I already feel like I'm 87 years old. That's um, true. Pearl. Pearl? Uh, Pearl's an interesting case. Hufflepuff. You think Pearl's puff? You think Pearl's puff? I think she was a she's a former puff, and her character arc is becoming also um, Ravenclaw. Mm. Mm. Because because of theater and Juilliard. Yeah, the, the this I is, think this is company talking about the transformative nature of acting of the arts and the arts. Like this is I think where she writes his love letter. To that. Yeah, I get that. I think I do. Also, I do love the theater director character. The high school oh, theater yeah. director. We should talk about him a little bit too. Yeah, I think she is Puff Gryffindor rising. I was picturing she, Chris Billy. She defends Josue. She uh, kind of like is is the she's kind of in charge in the relationship. Yeah, she shuts down the other girl. Uh, she's she pursues her own kind of sexual, you know, uh, satisfaction and awakening. She watches the mm -hmm. film Joker. He watches the yeah. Joker. Huge. Joker. Well, I'm, I'm with Gabe. I'm with Gabe. I yeah. think she's Puff Griff rising. Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. All right, score it up. Okay, done. Oh, wait, wait, do we, do we have words or no? Me, not me. My word was Sojourn because I, it was from Overwatch. Yeah, I love Overwatch. I love uh, Sojourn. Good character. My word, Pat, You we didn't warn you about this, but... We pick a word that we didn't know from the book. And mine was a semaphoring. S-E-M-A-P-H-O-R-I-N-G. Signaling, right? Like flags. Yeah. It's like what it's like what air traffic controllers, like the people on the ground do. I yeah. just didn't I never knew that word. So that's it. Well, nice. Okay. I think we should play the game where we um think of the best director and best actors to play each role because of movies and Pat is here. <laughs> We've only thought, done that like we've done that like one other time. Maybe we save okay. that for the we save that for the Patreon. We'll do yeah, that let's first, just score it up first thing. We'll... First thing in the Patreon, we'll talk about who should direct this movie. Okay, how about that? Okay. Okay. So Pat, here's the way the scoring works: it's one to five scale. Uh, one and below is my life is is worse because I read this book. Uh, like I I I wish I could go back in time and not have read it. Um, two is is not two plus two to three not great um or like one really like one to two is like bad two to three is like fine average three to four is pretty good four plus is very good and then five is uh life-changing as in you know there i like you said you're in your after cruise moment uh a five is like that for a book it's like you have a before and after this book in your life in the way you think about it so yeah, 2.5 obviously being the middle ground between yeah, middle. Those. But we'll let you go last because you're the guest. That's the tradition. The guest gets to go last. Yeah. Dibs on first. I'll go first. All right. Um, once again, I have not thought about this until this current moment. Um, All the better. I'm going to say like 3.6. 3. 3.6. 6. 3.6. All right. Yeah, I mean, if 3.5 is average, I think I... I 2.5 is average. Oh, 2.5. Yeah, it's right in the middle. Oh, yeah. Um, three. I'm going to go with three. Three? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think it, it was uh, 
very very well written there uh, we didn't really talk about that but there were a couple lines that like definitely stood out for me like i really liked the line he wrote about uh i forget which character but they were like looking up at the night sky in a car or something and he described it as like um like a music box and all the dots on a music mm-hmm. box going on. um he's he just he really is a fantastic writer and i think i i'm it's not like gonna stick with me this book but i have to give him credit for just like anyone that can transition like you said like the michael jordan transition and actually do it semi-successfully i just i i have to give them some credit for that like thinking back to universal harvester with the guy from john, john darniel yeah mountain goats john darniel that that book was almost poop i would say um this book was definitely not poop and i i <laughs> i didn't i think what pat said earlier it was never a slog i think there were some interesting ideas in it um i think that the coveny david the bikini uh, <laughs> which is his writers I, I i wish that he when he was writing he was like this is how my name is pronounced <laughs> um I think he actually has like a really good book in him. I think he does. I think he maybe has to like let go a little bit of some like ideas that he holds on to. But I think there's like a lot of creativity there potentially. I think that's what this book last lacked for me the most was just like a real creative spirit. It just had mm. like strong language, strong characters, but there was like a lack in creativity and imagination. Um, so maybe like 3.1. Okay. All right, uh, I'll go next. Um, I think I think you pretty much nailed it, Paul. Uh, I think the book is, uh, I think it's better than it had any right to be uh, when I was coming into it, uh, kind of what I was expecting. And I, I haven't read any of his other previous novels. I don't, it'd be interesting to see his kind of evolution as a writer. Cause my, my copy, I have the hardcover copy. I don't know what you have, Pat, cause you have the soft cover. Um, but the back of mine doesn't even have a description. It just has, a critical praise for his book before this miss subways which is like a new york city love story apparently um which also kind of sounds interesting um so, so title. i don't like the title it's a bad um title. but you know i would say duchovny did a lot of work here to uh he beat the allegations of being <laughs> a, a, a complete poser uh being a complete literary poser <laughs> Um, and, uh, that was nice to see. I I think Paul, I I agree with what you said. I think the book is written well. I think the characters are really strong. The, the, the plot moves. I mean, Pat mentioned this earlier, but like I read this book in three days, uh, on vacation. I just, I just plowed through it because it was enjoyable and fun to fucking read. Um, it was just fun and you want to keep going. And that's that's praise for a writer of any kind. Um, I do agree. I think Paul nailed it. I think that there there's an element of. I think he could. I think he could do more. I think there's there's. I think he has so many. I think he has a lot of ideas, and a lot of kind of things he wants to say, but I feel like he kind of gets a, gets a little bit lost in trying to say them in a way that is direct and makes sense. Not that it doesn't make sense, but I, I yeah, I think the I think the strongest part of the book was that those first few sections, the first like 50, 60 pages, 80 pages maybe, talking about Bronson and his background and his conversion to Mormonism. And I I and then it kind of spun off into all of these other 
albeit interesting plots and subplots and sub sub subplots uh, and, and all that. Uh, and I, I think it could have used a little more sustained focus over the course of it. Um, so I actually think 3.1 is is pretty much right on. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo Paul's nice. score to the decimal. Whoa. And I won't belabor the point. You guys made a bunch of them that I just agree with. Uh, I think we're all, at least the three primary hosts, are going to land on the same spot here. Uh, but as the more dour, pessimistic one, I'm just giving this a 2.9. Okay, fair enough. It Yeah, it it falls short. It's it's To me, it's one of these things that... Um, I love the setup. I love the sort of like structure and conceit that starts the story. I also agree that the beginning is the strongest portion of it. And then it sort of goes uh, a little bit on rails, essentially. It's never, I think, a good thing when you can kind of be like, of course, when things start to happen in a book, mm. at least at this point in my reading life. Um, and uh, yeah, sustained focus. So uh, 2.9. Pat. Pat. So, uh, Gabe and Paul, you guys gave it a 3.1? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm going to mix things up a little bit. Let's go with a 3.2. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I'm feeling crazy tonight. Well, so here's the thing. It's like, I mean, we're all generally on the same page yeah, about I this. So. Uh, I mean, we're mere decimal points away from each other with our, our numerical scores. I like how you guys have like a pitchfork thing here where it's like, <laughs> we're not rounding up to like 0. 0.5. It's no, like... no, 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 no. But, but so the thing is like, I finished. Yeah. I, I think I, I finished reading this book was on like June 19th, I think. I was like in Rome when I finished it. And Ooh. so weird flex, yeah. but okay. Thank you. <laughs> my, my hat from Rome. Uh, Keep that. But, uh, but yeah, but it's like, but I, I, I finished it over a month ago. And in this conversation, I realized like, oh, wow, so much of this has stuck with me. Mm, like oh, wow. it has, as much as like throughout the, the, the book, I had my like, you know, like misgivings about certain things and stuff like that, or like, like, like now, you know, in hindsight, I think the messiness of it is kind of what I enjoy about it. Mm. And uh, like, I, I agree that I think the early sections where it's just like kind of a character study of Bronson and then his way of life and introducing you to his, like his family and all of that, that is probably the, like the strongest, but I also genuinely enjoyed all the various detours it took. Uh, and it's a thing, like, what I'm curious about now with with Duchovny as an author, uh, I'm not saying I'm going to rush out and buy his other books, but what I'm curious about is, like, I did think as I was reading it, sometimes when it would get into, like, film industry stuff, I'd be like, oh, does he just, like, have to go back to, like, not that I'm complaining because this stuff, like, can be fun sometimes, but, like, does he just have to go back to this because this is the world he knows? Right. And he has to tie anything he writes into the world he knows. And I would just be really curious. Now that I've seen, like, oh, the guy can write well. Like, he, like his prose is good, but also like he can craft genuinely compelling characters uh, and has things that he wants to say. I'm like, what would it be like if we just like, if we took like moved him away from the things he can 
you know, easily talk about, like, like the world he's in, like, 24 seven. Mm. Uh, I'm curious, because I again, it, it, here's, here's what I'll say, I would think, uh, I would probably give this book maybe the same score if it was not by David Duchovny, if it was just by some author. Uh, and, you know, we all went into it with, with like the lowered expectations of being like, okay, Mr. Fox Mulder, you know, you, you think you can do this other thing as well. And I was just like, oh no, he like, he, he kind of can. And if yeah. anything, his biggest, like his flaw is just like trying to write the great American novel and write a thing that encompasses everything about life in 2021. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, 3.2. Uh, you know, it is, uh, it, it's messy, but that's the fun of it. And I think, I think what you said is so, it gets back to Matt's earlier point about the, the right, what, you know, kind of axiom, maybe a helpful starting point, but when you have talent, like you should also do more, right? right. Try to, try to write something you don't know. Uh, yeah. And I think that's kind of I I totally agree with that. Like, see, see where there's it goes. a little bit of like timidity to it. I think that mm. I think yes, if, if he just like loosened up completely and wrote something off the walls, maybe something like about a detective or like two FBI agents that like track down aliens. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> <laughs> something, I some I think something completely out of his wheelhouse, like yeah, that. something right. he has no idea about. Something right, with aliens, unlike this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, if you like the show, uh, patreon.com slash crackers, leave us an Apple podcast review, etc. Find us on social media. Pat, remind him one more time. Patrick H. Williams on YouTube. On, where, on where, YouTube. Where do you like your social media engagement? Are you on Twitter? You got well, it's a thing. I uh you know, I'm I am, I have been active. Twitter is the one that I still use the most, X. but it's also I think like, it's gonna become X. It's gonna be X, right? So get ready for porn. Oh More my porn. god. It, 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 it's like the, the the place already functions genuinely worse than it used to. Yeah. It is yes. so glitchy now. But I'm also like, I I don't see myself ever being like, oh yeah, follow me on X. No, yeah, it's yeah. it's so fucking lame. <laughs> Cringe. It's a uh, it's a thing of like, oh look, I have accounts on like Blue Sky and Threads. I've never used them. Right. Um. I don't know Twitter and Instagram. Like, and I say this on on July twenty third. That's where you can follow me. I don't know. All the right. only other Patrick Willems out there is a Belgian rower. Like, mm -hmm. I'm the one who's not that. Just Google me. Yep. It'll cool. be easy. It'll be easy. He's everywhere. And it's worth oh. your time. Um, yes. All right. Well, Pat, thank you so much for doing this. This I hope you had yeah, fun. Thanks, and uh, you're welcome. Wait, can I ask one important question before we go? Mm -hmm. Because this is a thing. So, Gabe, you said that you were the one to first add this to your list of like potential books. I'm pretty sure that's the case. So this surprised me because I assumed this had to be a Matt Torpy choice because, uh, again, I say this as someone who lived with and podcasted with Matt Torpy for many years. I know that Matt has always had a fascination with the movie House of D. Is yeah, that, is that, that, sound, that sounds like a porno. It yeah. does, yeah. but it's not. No, want to pull it uh, up? House of D 
is a movie directed by David Duchovny. Oh, that that I don't know if Matt's ever seen it in full, but every so often, like it, it came up fairly regularly. Uh, I remember like Matt, his brother Jake, and I on more than one occasion gathered around a laptop watching the trailer on YouTube. And I assumed that Matt, with his years-long fascination with this strange, poorly reviewed movie called House of D, in which Robin Williams plays a mentally disabled say. man, yeah. <laughs> uh, that I, I assumed Matt was like, oh man, he also wrote a book? We gotta read that. So yeah, I thought that was me. the entire reasoning for this episode happening. Well, I'm that that's probably why Matt revived it from the I, I put it on, took it off because it's kind of long and and whatever. And uh, so there's probably a, a you know, some connection there because it's sort of both of our picks. Yeah, we have equal claim, yeah. I would say. Yeah, okay. I Maybe just like somebody and they'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> I I just couldn't let this episode go by without bringing up House of D because House of D is a I good. I'm glad a deep you cut. did. Deep cut. I yeah. got a movie written cut. and directed by David Duchovny. Okay. His debut. Also, His debut. Al- also starring him. Is that true? Oh, okay. Now yeah, I gotta he, watch it. Well, now it's, I gotta it's, watch it. I, I think like he's not. Um, uh, uh, apparently, well, I think he's not like the lead actor in it uh i think most of it is like a flashback where uh uh the late great anton yelkin plays young david duchovny uh, mm-hmm. oh. and 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 meets robin williams playing a mentally disabled man that yeah. sounds fascinating that yeah. sounds i mean not fun but good uh <laughs> it sounds like a real as Wikipedia says, 2004 coming of age comedy drama. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that debuted at the Tribeca Film Festival. <laughs> uh, it <laughs> sounds like good that kind of movie. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, uh, so I just I, I I assumed that this choice was connected to that, and I could not let this episode finish without bringing up that movie. Me and Matt have just not... been we've been reading together for long enough that I can intuit his desires uh, <laughs> and his interests and proclivities, and so that's why I picked it. I think nice. And your homework. Au revoir. We love you. Thank you for listening. Your Watch homework, House of, D. House of D. That's it. And no, Thanks also, so much. podcast review of five stars. Five star podcast review. Go subscribe to Patrick H. Williams on YouTube. Pat, thank you again so much. You're welcome back anytime. My pleasure. Yeah. And uh, we'll see the patrons in just a few seconds. Patreon.com slash Bye. Bye. Bye.